0: Hello, and welcome to the Business of Agriculture, a podcast with me, your host, Damian Mason, where we discuss the issues affecting food, fuel, fiber, and farming, the industry that we all love so much. You know, I recorded a Facebook Live recently, and I put a video out there, but if you missed it, I think this is something that is so important to our industry, you should hear it here on the Business of Agriculture podcast, and I'm talking about social, socially conscious marketing. Uh, You're probably a football fan, maybe you aren't. About 103 million people tuned into the Super Bowl. Uh, If you watched it or if you didn't, it doesn't matter. Here's the big point. Socially conscious branding is very popular in affluent countries such as where we live. Here in the United States of America or Canada, if you happen to be a Canadian listening to this, we're North Americans. We are affluent. We are well off. You hear me talk about this a lot because I think it's something that we in agriculture culture we in agriculture can learn from, and more importantly, can capitalize on to make us more successful. If you watched the Super Bowl, or if you didn't, I'll tell you two commercials that caught me, man, they just made me turn and say, wow, that is what is very powerful. Talk about Anheuser-Busch, and no, I don't drink Budweiser, but Budweiser had a spot, and you probably saw it. It's a pretty powerful commercial. The Phone rings in the middle of the night. The man wakes up. He is not an actor. It's my understanding. He is legitimately the manager of the brewery in Georgia. And he says, I'll be right there. He goes in because in the middle of the night, the, uh, the line is going to switch over from canning beer to canning water. Because this is going to go for natural disaster relief. And then Stand By Me is playing in the background. It's very moving. I mean, it's tremendously emotional. But also, there's truth to this. This is not fraudulent, not false advertising. anheuser Bush has, uh, according to my research, uh, put out 79 million cans of clean water for disaster relief. Think about that. It's a lot of cans of water. So when you obviously have a hurricane like happened in Florida, Texas, Puerto Rico, you don't have running water or you don't have clean water. There was a second ad that Andrew Bush put out because they own Stella. Stella Artois, a yuppie beer. Stella Artois' ad, you may remember, had Matt Damon. Talks about cleaning water. So you and I and shows, the beginning of the commercial, you're turning on a spigot, water's coming on your sink and your shower, and man, oh man, this is great. And of course, he, he cuts to Matt Damon. He says, this is something we all take for granted. We do it every day. And they talk about the number of people on earth that walk for hours to get to clean or safe water. The idea in this commercial is that if you buy Stella Artois and they have then a chalice, They have a chalice that you can buy, and part of that money for this glass goes to infrastructure to get water to the developing world. My research says there's like 680 million earthlings that don't have good potable water close by and they walk for it, et cetera. So this is really powerful. And I made a, like I said, I made a Facebook live out of it or a shot of video. But if you're more of a podcast listener, I want to cover this topic because I think this is something that agriculture can again, profit from. I'm not talking about doing something that's underhanded, something that is uh, dirty or fraudulent. It's just the reality of the situation. We've got places, Europe, Australia, parts of South America, uh, North America, affluent cultures, well-off, well healed societies. And they want to feel good that they're doing global good with their purchases. You know, I have some money invested. I'm sure you do, too. I know that uh, I look over the Wall Street Journal when I travel and I talk to my investment broker. You know, there's a whole category now of socially conscious Funds, meaning if you believe that coal is bad for the environment, which I'm not one of those people, and you probably already know my stance on climate change, but You can say, I'm going to buy into this mutual fund because they will only invest in clean energy. Or I'm going to buy into this mutual fund that only uh, supports food companies that don't have GMOs. Again, you know my stance on this. I am not advocating. I'm telling you what exists in the financial marketplace. So you can do socially conscious investing and buy only a mutual fund that, for instance, invests in windmills. Or a company that only invests in companies that have been verified to not have child labor. another big one. You know, uh, we want to make sure that uh, Russell Athletic or Champion Sportswear does not have uh, sweatshops with children sewing together sweaters over in some third world country. So I'm going to buy into this mutual fund that verifies that any clothing companies they own shares in are Doing the right things. Okay, so that's socially conscious investing. That would have been completely unheard of 20 years ago. You know, the mutual fund industry was, you know, only starting to burgeon and grow 20 years ago. So the idea that we would then have mutual funds that not only were this novel new thing where they bought shares and companies or then categorized and said, okay, we're gonna only buy automobile companies or only housing construction companies, then it became socially conscious mutual funds. So where I'm going with this, of course, for agriculture is look at those commercial. Those are just two. There were more. Hyundai had a commercial. Did you happen to see that one? They bring in people and they say, by buying a Hyundai, our contributions to this sort of healthcare initiative, I believe it was heart medicine, heart care or something like that. I mean, again, I mostly started to jotting down my notes on the Anheuser-Busch thing. But a lot of socially conscious ads in that Super Bowl. What can we do as agriculture? Okay. We've got an industry that is rife full, stocked up with commodities. I'm not being mean, I'm being honest. Ladies and gentlemen, we don't have $7.50 corn right now. You know why? Because the globe has plenty of corn. We don't have $14, $16 soybeans because the globe has plenty of soybeans. Wheat are not at all time highs because the globe has plenty of wheat. Milk, some countries have so much milk, they supply the production of it. You know where I'm going with this. We have plenty of product. Now, that's a good problem to have as a society, as I point out all the time. You know, we used to have one and a half billion starving people on Earth. Today, we're down to only 800 million chronically hungry people on Earth. And during that two decades, when we peeled off 200 million starving people because we feed them better, we grew by one and a half billion. Amazing productivity. I applaud this. I point it out all the time. If you know me, you know I'm pro-modern agriculture. A surplus of food is one hell of a nice problem to have, but I'm telling you, here's an idea. Since we know we've got plenty of product, why don't we get more creative in how we sell it? And why don't we, more importantly, sell it for a higher profit margin? Uh, you've heard me say this again and again and again, agriculture does suffer from a commodity mindset. For years and years and years, it was just how many pounds can we put on that steer in the feed yard in Nebraska? How many days can we get a chicken from a chick to a broiler to processed How many gallons can we squeeze out of a Holstein? How many bushels can we get out of that acre? I get it, I'm a farm boy. But I'm telling you, we're not there anymore. Production is not the problem. Promotion and profitability are our new problems. So with that in mind, what if we did a better job with socially conscious marketing? I speak to potato people. I have spoken to a number of potato groups. Potato Expo in Las Vegas, Potatoes New Brunswick was just my client last week. Potatoes in Idaho, potatoes in Washington, Oregon, you name it, I've done potatoes. I like potatoes, I eat potatoes, so do you. But Americans are eating 25% less. Did you hear that? Americans are eating 25% less potatoes than we did just in 1996. So in a little over two decades, we've dropped our consumption of spuds by a quarter. Call it the Adkins diet, the low carb movement, Call it what you will, the reality is less potatoes are getting consumed. So you're saying, Damon, what does that have to do with socially conscious marketing? Well, a year or two ago when I was in front of the potato people, I came up with this idea and I said, you want to sell potatoes? Maybe you won't sell any more of them, but you'll sell them for more money. And I think you will sell more of them, and here's why. And I gave them the idea potatoes against poverty. Did you hear that? Potatoes against poverty. The concept is rather than a $3.99 bag of russets, you say, all right, $6.99, $7.99. And we're gonna have imagery all over this bag. It's gonna say potatoes against poverty. It's not gonna be your basic little uh you know mesh bag. It's gonna have labeling that is very, very distinct. Potatoes suffer from that, you know. One bag of potatoes doesn't look all that much different from the other. But this bag is gonna say potatoes against poverty. And this way when the shopper. Maybe it's at Whole Foods, maybe it's at Trader Joe's, maybe it's at an upscale Sprouts, maybe it's not at your basic Walmart, I get that. It's gonna be at a higher end store where people can afford to pay for feelings, where the shoppers want to buy global consciousness and global good. And on that end cap, that six ninety nine, seven ninety nine, ten pound bag of taters that says "Potatoes Against Poverty," when that shopper goes across the shop, the, the the cash register, when they walk out to their car, they carry this bag, and it proves that they care about Earth, that they want there to be no starving people. Because what "Potatoes Against Poverty" is going to do, they're going to, for every ten pound bag of potatoes that you buy, they will promise to deliver another ten pounds to a local soup kitchen. They will deliver another ten pounds to a food pantry. Better yet, they will dehydrate 10 pounds if you pay $9.99 for that bag of potatoes for poverty. And this could be the global Potatoes Against Poverty program. And they will dehydrate 10 pounds. And they will ship it to a third world country with clean water. Maybe they team up with Anheuser-Busch that wants social consciousness and they can afford to do this because they're going to make it so that they have a similar concept for every 12 pack of what not you buy from us, we will make sure that clean water is distributed to people in a third world country or in an area that's had disaster problems, natural resa- disaster relief issues. Okay, so what we do then is we take 10 more pounds off the market and they go to somewhere that is needed. So we just sold double the amount of potatoes and we got more margin on it because you just took a three ninety nine dollars and made it a seven ninety nine, dollars and everybody feels good. No, not everybody. We know there's going to be the snap recipients. We know there's going to be lower income people that are not going to buy into this. But we also know that we mustn't cater solely to them because that's commodity mindset. When you go for the higher customer, the higher end, the more affluent customer, you get higher margins. Also, those people tend to be the ones that drive the food and foodie agenda. Remember, the poor people do not sign petitions outside of Whole Foods. They do not march against Monsanto. They do not call their state or U.S. representative and influence food policy. So we must realize it's this social consciousness that appeals to the top half of our customer base. Remember I tell you in my speeches about the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Bottom of the hierarchy, physiological needs, food, water, shelter, We're not there as a society. So the people are moving further up the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, into self-esteem needs, into purpose needs, into self-actualization. They want to feel good. Selling social social consciousness accomplishes that. We could do this for all the other commodity groups. I've talked about this with my milk people. Remember, I'm a dairy farm kid. Why do we still have so much milk? Because it's not hard to make milk. It used to be, when my father was a dairy herdsman, it was hard to get milk uh, to this quantity. Plus, we drink more of it per human here in the United States. We're from 46 gallons per American, down to about 17 or 18 last I checked. So that means from World War II to now, we're drinking about a third of the amount of milk. Yeah, there's still cheese and ice cream and yogurt. That's fantastic. But you know what? What if we want to upsell milk? Instead of $1.99 a gallon, let's sell it for $3.99. And for every gallon of Milk for the Masses, which is its own special brand, it's in its own special section, Milk for the Masses, we will dehydrate milk, and get powdered milk with clean and purified water to third world countries, to the developing world, to areas that have had disaster, natural disasters that have just suffered from hurricanes, typhoons. You understand where I'm going with this? We could do this on all of our commodities. Meat for the masses, protein for the people, protein against poverty, potatoes against poverty. We can upsell, take a a category label it correctly, and then behind this, there has to be the actual action. You have to actually put the product in the hands of the people. You can't get caught upselling this and not doing the greater good. In my speeches, if you've sat in my audiences, you've probably heard me talk about Tom's Shoes. Tom's Shoes came on my radar about five years ago, seven years ago. That's when they got popular. If you don't know what Tom's Shoes are, they are an ugly, rubber-soled canvas shoe sell them for $39.99, $40 for a pair. And I always tell everybody, if you don't want to spend 40 bucks but you want a shoe very similar, deal meth, get arrested, go to jail. They're basically the same as jail issue, prison issue sneakers. It's a canvas shoe with a rubber sole. But the look isn't what you buy a Toms for. Oh, maybe it is. They're stylish, they've got different looks now. They've got high-heeled Toms. I'm not a fashionista. I don't have hundreds of pairs of shoes. I wear cowboy boots and sneakers. Here's what I'm telling you, though. Tom's shoes became very popular because it became fashionable, especially among a certain demographic, meaning more well-heeled people, maybe college folks, suburbanites, to wear Tom's shoes. Because for every pair of Tom's shoes that is sold, another pair is given to a resident of a developing country in the third world that needs shoes. And I joke, of course, that probably we're shipping these shoes to the people that actually work in the factories where they make them. Aha. Whether that's true or not, I don't know, but I can tell you this. Tom's Shoes has done an amazing job. They took a 40-cent shoe and sold it for $40. Why? Because they're giving another pair of 40-cent shoes to a third-world country resident who is walking barefooted to get that water. Lesson for us in agriculture, folks want to buy You can say, Damien, that doesn't make any sense. What if we just What if we just went to the Salvation Army or Goodwill, bought a whole container full of used sneakers, and shipped them over to that third world country? Then they would have shoes, and I could probably buy a whole container for $40. Of course you could, ladies and gentlemen, but you do not get social credibility. You do not get social consciousness. You do not get patted on the back from your coworkers by wearing Toms when you do it that way. You see, there is a certain amount of self-fulfillment. When a person buys this product that is socially conscious, they then feel like they are a better person, that they care. It's not just the fashion of a Tom shoe, it is the feeling that the consumer derives. And when they believe that by buying something, by spending $40 at the mall on a pair of shoes that they have served a greater good, they go to bed happy at night and the shoe company sold two pairs of shoes. This is what we must understand in the business of agriculture. Selling social consciousness is very, very powerful. I talk about this a great deal because I think it's something that we've not done as well at as we could. Every one of our commodity groups, I gave you the examples. I want you to think about this. Maybe you're a football fan, maybe you're not. If you caught the commercials, wonderful. You understand why those are so powerful. I'm not talking about rooking anybody. I'm not talking about manipulating anybody. I'm talking about giving the consumer what they want. Because I know this, when our customers feel good about doing global good when they do business with us they are happier and they are wonderful consumers. Rather than fighting with us about GMOs or protesting outside of the Whole Foods, now we've given them something else to love agriculture, to love what we do, because all we're trying to do is put food in the mouths of the hungry, as the soup kitchen with potatoes against poverty, dehydrated milk for milk for the masses. All we did was prove that we care and we gave the customer a chance to love us by giving them that product and them spending more money. Think of that. We made more margin, more profit. They spent more money. They feel good about it. When you let your customers feel good about doing business with you by doing a greater global good, it's a win-win situation. I'm Damian Mason. Thank you for joining me on this episode of The Business of Agriculture. Please tune in next time. Till then, I'm out.